And welcome back to the Core to Three podcast. This is your host, Spencer Breedlove. And I get to do this podcast with my amazing wife, Lisa, who is feeling much, much better. Much better, yes. Hello, Lisa. Hello. How are you? I'm I'm much better. Yeah. Each day it's been a little bit better. I had a really bad sinus infection for about a week. I've battled it. It kicked your butt. It did. I missed a few days of school. I never. And then I talked you into buying some Mucinex or trying some Mucinex. And that, that's, <laughs> oh, it does it what it says. It yes, yeah, it, it expels the it mucus. Did. Okay. Let's don't gross everybody We're out. Glad about that. Yes. So I'm feeling much better. And you have our question of the day I do and it comes from just what we um, most recently uh, had in our neighborhoods maybe trick-or-treaters we had so, the most kids come through our neighborhood this yes time. which you had to do it because I was laying on the yeah, couch you were laid up <laughs> yes yeah you were no good Mm-mm, that on was that probably day. my worst day Mm-mm. yeah I mean you're good but you were not good that day Mm-mm. Right. but the doorbell was ringing it was I really lots neat of little voices. Yeah, really neat little trick or treaters. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was fun. All ages. Yeah, which is fun. We had a good time. Everybody can dress up. And I like the candy that candy. I bought. Well, we especially don't. those my favorite no, candy. You bought what you like, yeah, and Reese's, no one else likes Reese cups. No, it's we're gonna have to get rid the of it. Crunch bars, eating it. The crunch candy bars. No, the little pieces of caramel. Oh, those are oh. the best caramel, and then and then the caramel with that cream in it. That, oh, yeah. Okay, so the this texture of that's amazing. Goes to my question. Yes, <laughs> I think some Halloween candy should be outlawed, <laughs> and we need to do away with it. What is it with you and your <laughs> no. law? I'm just thinking some candy. No, and they fill the bag with. Those gross candies that nobody wants. Like what? That's what I'm saying. So, if you were in charge, uh-huh. what Halloween candy would you get rid of? Would I get rid of? Yes. Licorice. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Licorice. Like all licorice? Like Twizzlers? Little red Twizzlers? Strawberry flavored? I don't like Some licorice. In, like I don't like licorice, period. Okay, you get rid of licorice. Licorice. I get rid of, just even saying this is like, mm, those malted milk balls. Those are awesome. Oh. Yes, those are great. No. Those Whoppers. Oh, Whoppers. No, I didn't want those. I always wanted to get those out of my trick-or-treat bag and trade something better that's like actually good. No, malted milk balls. Those are good. No, nah, I, I like don't them. like them. <clears throat> I like them. Um, um, anything else? My mother always wanted the Almond Joys, but I would never give kids coconut. Okay, speaking candy. of that, Hershey bars, mm-hmm. little Hershey bars with the almonds. Get rid of them things. No, those Any, are good. Terrible. No, they're not. Terrible. Uh, terrible. Whatever. Yeah. No, it's the coconut that ruined it for me and the other ones. Not the almonds. Almonds are good. No, almonds in they get some a protein Hershey bar. And with their chocolate no almonds in a hershey bar that's stupid <laughs> okay you just need a hershey right. bar okay you jack up the whole mission of hershey bars when you put stuff when in you them. put stuff in them mm-hmm. now reese can do that reese can put potato chips they can put reese pieces reese potato chips 
Yeah, have you not seen the Reese Cups with the potato chips? No. Oh, those are amazing. Like there's a crunchy potato chip. There is in a the potato chip in the middle chocolate. of the peanut butter, surrounded by that glorious chocolate. It's not a potato chip. It's a wafer. It is not a wafer. It's a potato chip. Like a Lay's potato chip. <laughs> it's like a potato chip. Oh my goodness! I think you made that up. I did not make it up. <laughs> okay. Reese. Reese has a monopoly. On mm. the market when but it comes to candy. But some things you just shouldn't mess with. I'm mm. just saying. Well, Reese's doing it right. Well. You go to a candy store or you go to a golden pantry or you go to, you know, wherever you do go to a convenience store. Mm-hmm. Reese's has like half. Sometimes they got a whole oh, yeah. like aisle. It's smart. Of candy. Well, it's crazy what they're doing. You know that Reese's is Hershey. No. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because you didn't go to Hershey, Pennsylvania. No. With me and Lindsay. I didn't get invited. You were busy. I was busy. You were on sabbatical. Not then. Like you are now. I know. I wasn't on sabbatical. I think you weren't on sabbatical. We couldn't take you. Oh. Yeah, I guess I could go now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could. But I'm not. Oh, you're doing all kinds of things. Don't worry about that. All right, so. Speaking of Halloween. Yes. Speaking so, of Halloween. Yeah, speaking of Halloween, Lisa, there is, I don't really have a whole lot of stories when it comes to Halloween. My my childhood growing up with Halloween, it was, you know, we would go out in the neighborhood and we would be kind of like a Halloween. We'd be like a little gang in the neighborhood and we'd go door to door. Yeah, friends. Yeah. Probably the worst thing that we did on Halloween nights was take rocks in our socks and we'd throw them up in the sky and try oh. to hit bats. Oh, wow. That That's sounds kind of dangerous. Cause oh, yeah. And then bats. Coming back yeah, because as the rocks in yeah. the socks are coming back down, yeah, <laughs> bats are following them. Oh. And they're diving with them. It was, that was that? Oh, we just figured it out. Boys. We were just being, that's what you learn when you're outside. I know. You learn about yes. the sonar system of bats. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Not on video games. You don't learn that on video games. That's true. Okay, so that was your Halloween That was Halloween experience. experiences. Yep, sure was. But you have a Halloween experience as an adult <laughs> when you were invited to participate yes. In a haunted house mm-hmm. with some friends, some friends of ours from church, mm-hmm. several years ago, and this guy like would deck out his house. Oh yeah, they used their whole basement, their whole basement, and their driveway yard, which is actually where I was. I was a statue in the graveyard. Yes, which was their front yard. And I have a picture of this mm-hmm. woman dressed <laughs> as a statue, and it is scary and i will have this posted oh great day alive oh yes this will be in not just in the show notes this will be on social media yay okay well i mean it was fun and you have to look the part so describe yourself i was a statue so i was completely in like gray concrete paint my clothes i had like a prom dress on and a really long white wig this is really long (laughs) gray wig yeah um and i had to go out there early to be 
the statue in the graveyard actually before the haunted house was going to open and other people were still getting ready and going to come out there. We had a table right near me that had a cauldron that had some candy in it because the haunted house wasn't really for children. It was more for adults once it got dark and the kids were finished trick-or-treating, but we wanted to put some candy out there for kids So I had this really big cauldron, black cauldron sitting on the table. And I heard this voice that I recognized coming down the street. Now, I'm already in position in the graveyard as the statue, so I'm immobile. I'm trying to be as still as I can be. I've um, The only thing in my hands is um, the Sith. Yeah, you had a a Sith. So I had that as my... Weapon. So you were the Sith Lord? I guess. I don't, in a prom dress. In a prom dress. Some creepy prom dress. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So anyway, I hear this voice. I'm like, oh, that's a kid that lives in our neighborhood. That's He just was pretty much a troubled kid and would play with my boys, Tyler and Jared, and he and his brother would come. But... He had been bragging about how he was going to get the most candy on Halloween. He had told us he was going to go around and get all the candy. Well, I hear him, and he's making his way up the driveway, which was a very steep driveway. His friends weren't really coming with him. I guess they it was kind of a hike up the driveway, and they just didn't feel like it was worth it. But Liam gets up there, and he thinks he's hit the jackpot. He sees the cauldron with all that candy. And and it's the beginning of the night. No one, the, the sun hasn't even gone completely down yet. He gets so excited. Oh my goodness, you guys, we hit the jackpot. He's yelling. He's trying to get them to come up there. He's trying to scoop with his hands into his pillowcase. He's got a king-size pillowcase to collect all his candy. He's trying to scoop. He's dropping candy everywhere. And I'm like, oh. And you're not moving. No. You're but still. I'm just like, surely he's going to quit. He's not going to try to take all this candy. But then I hear him. Hey, you guys. Somebody hurry, come hold the pillowcase and we'll dump all the candy. We'll take it all. No one will ever know. <laughs> no one will ever know. And I I was like, I've got to stop him. I cannot let him take all of the Halloween candy and think that he can just get away with doing something like this. And so he's messing. His friends aren't coming. And I wait for the right moment when his back's turned and I lean down and I take the Sith right just inches from his face. Now, it wasn't a real one. It was a plastic one, people. plastic. We're not dealing with metal. Put it right in front of his face and I lean down next to him and said, Liam, you don't get any candy tonight. He dropped everything in his hands. <laughs> he, started, <laughs> he couldn't even get any words out. They weren't, he wasn't forming real words. His face is white as a sheet. He's like <laughs> stammering. He's backing up, but 
trips like on his costume. I don't even remember what he was wearing, but the pants, his costume, as he's walking backwards, starts to stumble. Gravity takes over and Liam rolls down the driveway. <laughs> Pillowcases left up there, candies everywhere. He gets down and I can hear, God, you guys, that, that, that thing is alive and it knows my name. And they were like, oh, Liam, stop. You're ridiculous. He's like, oh, we got to get out of here. And he takes off and runs home. It was awesome. I stand back up. They look at me. I'm still looking like a statue. And Liam swears it knows my name. It called my name. (laughs) He ran home. The next day, he comes to the house, rings the doorbell. Hey, Miss Freelo, can Tyler and Jared come play? Yeah, I'll get him in just a second. But Liam, tell me about all the candy you got last night. I, I didn't get any candy. <laughs> what? Liam, you told us how much candy you were going to go to every house and get so much candy. You didn't get any candy? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I never told him it was me. Well, if he listens to this podcast, you're going to figure it out now. I know. It was me. I scared him, but I felt like that was, it was, it needed to be done. He didn't need to steal all the candy. So. Just (laughs) drop the Sith on him. I did. And he went rolling. Mm -hmm. I didn't scare any more kids that night. I scared adults, but no more children. And he wasn't really a little child. Well, so that's my that's my best Halloween story. I don't have anyone near that funny. <laughs> no, um, nowhere near like that. Well, that's that's pretty funny. So update, yes. update. So since we missed last week, yeah, since we sick. missed last week because you were sick. That's right. So let's do a quick update okay. on where things are. So right. last weekend. Was it last weekend? Yeah, it was last weekend. We had our Squattober party. At your gym? Our PR party is what we like to call it. That'd be personal record. Personal record party at the gym where I get to work out. But a part of what we were doing was we were raising support. It was almost like a -a Mm lift-a-thon. We were raising support for a couple of different organizations in in our community. And we... Um, in, in those, for, for those organizations, what we did is we were raising like a certain number of cents to dollars per pound. And, uh, I had a goal of lifting anywhere from 850 pounds to 950 pounds total, which would have put, you know, somebody donated 10 cents per pound. That would have been around 85 to $95, uh, per, um, Per person that donated that ten cents per per pound. So um, anyway, we got in there and uh, started started our lift, and I hit three. I had three personal records on our, on our three lifts that we were maxing on. Those three lifts are the deadlift, which I maxed out at three fifty. Uh, the other lift was the bench press, which I maxed out at 230. And then the other is the squat, which I maxed out at 375 for a total of 955 pounds that I lifted uh, last weekend. And 
my I was lifting for the University Cancer and Blood Center in Athens. And um, also we had some friends of ours that were lifting for Chosen for Life, which is a ministry mm-hmm. based out of Oconee County. And it was, uh, I think, the total amount of money raised between all of the participants was like sixteen or seventeen thousand dollars that That's went awesome. to those two different organizations. So we really had a great, great experience uh, doing that. Very thankful for uh, D One and uh, mm-hmm. John and Fred and Zach and all my coaches there and and just their leadership on being able to reinvest uh, into our community at large and so it was a it was an awesome event a lot of energy a lot of fun it was uh it was, and we it was know great. people that from both of these organizations yeah. have benefited so you know it's just it's cool yeah to be was, a part of something like that it was really really mm-hmm. really special so yeah. that was squattober squattober is for the month of october we focus on squats we got it yeah we got it. we had to squat every day <laughs> Back squat, front squat. Okay. Moving All kind on. Of squats, air squats, Moving goblet on. squats. You name it. Okay. Do you want to update about? Sabbatical. Well, you're still in the middle of your sabbatical. Yeah. Yep. In the middle of the sabbatical. So just came off of week two. So over the last two weeks of being on sabbatical, this has been a lot of time for reflecting making adjustments, having some rest, having some meaningful conversations with people that I value their their wisdom and their um, their insight. And looking forward to this week as I have some more time with that. I know tomorrow I'm getting with a couple of friends of mine over in the Atlanta area. And it's just a great opportunity just for some professional development, personal development, rest, uh, taking much needed time to just rest the body and uh, and use this as an opportunity for, for personal growth um, and also to spend time, much needed time uh, in working on my relationship with with the Lord and hearing from Him and getting wisdom and growing uh, spiritually. So it's... Uh, it really is a blessing to be able to have this opportunity um, that FCA affords our staff and um, and wants us to do these things. So very, very thankful for the sabbatical piece. It's been mm-hmm. good. really That's has. Good. So in this sabbatical period, in the middle of that, you have had parent conferences as well. Mm-hmm. How did yes. your parent conferences go? Oh, I always enjoy when I get to sit back down with parents because I really just, if I don't already know them, if I haven't taught an, another child of theirs, um, or we haven't, you know, had some connection through sports or something else at the school, then I really just meet them at the beginning of the year and I mean, we jump into school and I, I'm with their child hours each day, but I don't get to know them. So it's always sweet to come back in the fall and to sit down and really just celebrate their child and um, what I see as strengths in them 
that uh, we're already seeing in, in their first quarter of third grade. And then, again, just how we can partner and come alongside them to continue to help them to succeed. It's just good. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. And speaking of school stuff, <clears throat> so we wrapped up the football season this past weekend. Yes. This past this past Friday, where we lost in the first round of the state playoffs, which for a first year program, we made the playoffs. We had some wins, and because of our quote strength of schedule uh, in the in the division in the region that we're in. Your strength of schedule determines where you fit in the playoff. It's not just about your wins and losses. It oh, okay. is it's based on your strength of schedule. But y'all made it. Which and is- based on our strength of schedule, we came in at number eight, which the mm-hmm. top eight teams oh. fall yeah. into okay. they get to go to the playoffs. So we were number eight. We had to play the number one seed mm-hmm. down at uh, David Emanuel Academy in Stillmore, Georgia, down there. Um uh Metter. Swainsboro area and uh, got down there, um, got beat. They were a they're a great team. Most Good likely, team. they're probably going to yeah. be the team that wins the state championship. Hmm. They're a solid, solid, solid program. Um, great to play them. Very good team. Good sportsmen's. That's uh, good sportsmanship. Good coaching. All hmm. of the above. Uh, they 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 were a good competitor and uh, made us better. That's for that's for sure. But. First year program, we made the playoffs. Yay. We were playing in November. So I season's think that's over. a job well done. Season's over. Um, now it's on now to basketball. Now the boys are moving on to, right, the next sport yep, they're going to play. Got mm-hmm. on to basketball. Now it's on to basketball with Lizzie, and I'm now the shot clock operator. Yeah. Did you get some training for I that? I did. I did. We're supposed to practice on tomorrow, too. Okay. But we'll see. All right. So as we move into the heart of our uh, conversation today, no pun intended. We are going to be talking about having a um, healthy heart, a healthy home, and being healthy here. Let me unpack that for just a second. We're going to do this as a three-part series. This is a three-part series. series. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this in the, in three parts. And the first one we're going to focus on is the heart. The second one, our part two, is going to be home. The third one is going to be about here. Here is where you work, or maybe you're retired and you volunteer somewhere. So this is going to be about where you work, all right, or where you volunteer, where you are an employer or an employee or a volunteer of an organization. So in our organization, one of the things that has been communicated over and over and over um to us as staff mm-hmm. is this phrase of healthy heart, healthy home, healthy here, which focuses in on the order of health. Mm-hmm. Now, healthy things grow. And in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, the Bible says that above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it, which is a great passage that really kind of kicks off this heart uh, series, this heart section of of the conversation uh, today. So, above all else, so above anything else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And so the goal of today is to answer the question, how do you guard your heart? 
How do you do that? Well, we've got one thing that we're going to share with you here in just a few minutes. But before we do, what I want to unpack for us is this this truth right here and that is is that you can't lead others unless you lead yourself first now when i say that i'm talking about you can't lead others specifically you can't lead your family mm-hmm. without leading yourself first mm-hmm. you have to take care of yourself first and in a world where we are taught others first you have to think about and care for your own soul You're no good to others unless you take care of yourself. So I want to put it this way. Do you want to see or do you want a fit first responder to pull you out of a burning building? Or do you want an overweight and out of shape first responder to come and get you? The fit one. You want the fit one. Please. Right? You want somebody that's fit that can actually physically pick you up, not specifically relying on adrenaline. You want somebody that's physically fit to take you out of the danger that you are Mm -hmm. in. So as a leader in your home, in your work, in your church, wherever, if you're a coach of a of a of a little league uh, baseball team, football team, soccer club, if you're a coach in a high school middle school if you it does not matter at what in what space you serve or what space you work or the space you have at home your heart needs to be fit there needs to be a healthy heart your heart needs to be guarded now let me unpack this for just a little bit more on the on the healthy heart in 2008 you remember what happened to me Mm-hmm. oh yeah it was 2008. It was the first part of October. Mm-hmm. So we are 14 years removed from this event. I was right in the middle of a huge event going on that we were hosting um, at Winder Bear High School. It was something that our church was heavily vested in. And I was the key leader on putting this thing together and organizing this event because it was really focused Mm -hmm. on students, but yet it was a community-wide evangelism event. And so we had this organization that we had partnered with, and there was a lot of details, a lot of things that had to be done. And at that time in my life, I wasn't a great delegator. I'm still learning how to be a good delegator, but I, I was not a great delegator. And uh, I learned a lot from that whole experience, but I was doing a lot of things on my own. Carrying it yourself. I was carrying it myself. And so the stress load for me was probably above my mm-hmm. capacity. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was probably something that was really kind of above my capacity. And in the middle of the day as we were setting up for this event. Now we were expecting probably four or 5,000 people at this event in this, in the school. So as this event was being set up and there was a lot to do, I began to feel my heart go into this weird, abnormal, irregular rhythm. And as it did that, I began to get really lethargic. I began to get really tired didn't really know what was going on, but I just pushed through eventually thinking that eventually it was going to be something that just went away. Um, now the event was amazing. There were lives that were changed for eternity, but once everything was over and complete, 
I went home, got in bed, still feeling that weird rhythm that was going on. But I thought, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go to sleep and everything's going to be fine in the morning. You told me about it. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen. I got up. I still felt the same way. I was probably worse in terms of just how I felt. I had zero energy. It was more than just, you know, getting over an event that was... It was, I was really, really sluggish. Um, didn't really know what was going on. And so I called our doctor and he said, you come see me immediately. Let's get you on an EKG and see what's going on uh, with with you. So my doctor put me on that. I got there. He put me on an EKG machine and within seconds, he was back in my uh, in the examination room and he's saying, Spencer, you need to call Lisa and you need to have her meet you at the hospital. I said, what in the world for? He said, you have what's known as AFib or atrial fibrillation. And my heart rate at the time, my, my heart rate was in the low forties. That ain't good. Mm-mm. So my heart is not pumping enough blood into my body. So I was in danger of my blood, of blood pooling and having a stroke. And I needed to be put on some type of medication to auto convert my heart back into regular normal rhythm. But the side effect, the down effect is that my, that medication was going to lower my heart rate even more. So if it's already in the low forties, it's going to lower it a little bit more. So I had to go into the hospital. Um, now, obviously, you and I both know that after that experience, it never did auto-convert um, with the medication, and I had to be sent down to the cath lab. They were going to put me in a twilight state, and they were going to shock me back into rhythm. So while the medication, I've always said this, but while the medication uh, may not have caused the auto conversion. I think it was the fear the of, news being, of the being news of getting. Sh- mm-hmm. I mean, they had already shaved half my chest. They were they already did. putting. They were already putting the, put the, the pads on. They were all putting the pads on, and they were getting everything kind of warmed up. You know, ready to go. You know, shock me back into rhythm. And I think that's what did it for me. Is they scared me back into rhythm. Is really kind of um, what happened. And but the thing is is that after evaluating what had happened, it was determined that my AFib was stress-induced. In other words, I was not taking care of myself. I wasn't leading myself. And and it created a level of stress physically that led to a physical malfunction in my my life. Your heart was healthy. Correct. And I believe this is, and I say that to say this i believe that we can concentrate on others Mm. so much so that it raises the level of stress in our lives and causes a spiritual afib in our communication and communion with the lord all right yes god wants us to love others we're commanded to do that we're commanded to love so and to do so deeply I mean, Jesus says greater love has no one than this, that somebody laid lay down his life for his friends. All right. In first Peter, the Bible says to love one another deeply from the heart. 
Mm-hmm. Philippians chapter two says, do not do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more, more significant than yourselves. Then it also says, let others, let each of you look not only to his own interests, okay, but also to the interests of others. So if you dive into those passages, they all point to a heart of a humility from the heart in humility, lay down, not looking at your own interests. So the scripture is clear in that we're all commanded to consider others and to love others and to, mm-hmm. and to do so deeply. But it is easy that if we concentrate so much, so, uh, so much on others, it can raise the level of stress in our lives and causes a spiritual afib- atrial fibrillation in our communion with God. Now, here is here's what I, my big takeaway in all of this is, is that when it comes to the humility, if you dive into those passages and they're all pointing to this heart of humility, a heart of humility. And, and if you, if people don't get anything out of what we're about to say and talk about here, they need to get this. A heart of humility is welded in the forge of self leadership and then wielded in our love for others. Say that again. That's good. A heart of humility is welded in the forge of self-leadership and then wielded in our love for others. So it's really about the order that, yes, it is important that we are loving others, but first we make sure that we're spiritually heart healthy. 100%. Because that's what enables us in his spirit to then love others. And I think what happens is people think that this uh, others first mentality is um, they sacrifice themselves mm-hmm. and their on health. On the altar of yes, serving everyone. On serving everybody. Mm-hmm. And that is not spiritually healthy. No. Well, just the example from Jesus, you're talking about all the scriptures. We'll just look at his example. When he was here on earth, he took the time to withdraw away from people. Yeah. But he loved people. Well, he loved them deeply. He loved the crowds. He loved the children. He loved the unlovely. He loved the diseased. But first we always see him spending time with the father. We always see him with scripture and word and prayer and those disciplines in order to go love others well. And and I know that that statement that I'm making here, a heart of humility is welded in the forge of self-leadership. This is not some self-help type conversation mm-hmm. I'm having here. No. What I'm talking about here in terms of self-leadership is understanding who you are in Christ and growing there and being healthy there so that you can lead others spiritually. Yes. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Correct. And his righteousness. And then all these other things will be provided. 100%. Mm -hmm. So having a healthy heart. Okay. Having a healthy heart means you have to take care of your 
heart first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Number one, you got to take care of that. All right. You cannot lead others if you can't lead yourself first. You cannot lead your teams unless you lead yourself first. You cannot lead your organization until you lead yourself first. In your marriage, men, just as Christ is the head of the body, so you are the head of your spouse and your family. Mm -hmm. That means you need to lead yourself first spiritually. Parenting, if you are a parent, yes, that's your first priority in leadership. This doesn't mean that you give your kids everything they demand or want about. You provide God and slide. That's what your job is. Slide them on out. You slide the them on out. You mm -hmm. provide for them what their basic needs are. Yes. You guide them towards a relationship with Jesus. You point them to understand what is wise. And then you slide them on out your house so that it's now you and your spouse. And hopefully you and your spouse have been dating all during this time. And when you have those kids out of the house and you're looking at one another, more time to date. you got more time to date. Yes. So in, in marriage in parenting, and then you said in our work. In, yes. In our work. Absolutely. You we can, first have to take care you of gotta our take heart. care of you. Yes. Got to take care of you. So how to guard your heart. This is this is where the practical piece comes in. Mm -hmm. Now, this is something that my boss and I have basically lived off of, and we have shared this with our teams. And this is something that we that he and I have uh, held each other accountable to, prayed for, prayed with, and have really been able to teach our our staffs as they have developed. And this is um, information that comes from Wayne Cordero's book called Leading on Empty. And in this particular book, there is the there's the introduction of knowing what your most five, important five percent is. And here's what Wayne talks about. If you were to take your life and sum it up into a percentage of a hundred percent your life is broken down into basically three percentages the first one is 80 percent 80 percent of what you do anybody else can do checking email mm. answering phone calls yeah. attending meetings reading making simple decisions most of those tasks can be delegated. 15% of what we do, somebody with a little bit of training should be able to accomplish. Okay? They can lead a meeting. They can visit a school. In my world is FCA. Somebody else can visit a school. They can visit a coach. They can facilitate a Bible study. And with the appropriate training, somebody else could perform surgery manage an engineering product project or sell they can sell real estate all right so 15 percent of what we do somebody with some training they could also accomplish can also accomplish so so that's 80 95 plus 15 is 95 so now we got five percent left yes there's only five percent of what you do that only you only can do you can do hmm. 
This is the most important 5%. The most important. This most important 5%, it cannot be delegated. It cannot nor should not be hired out. This 5% will determine, let me say this again, this 5% will determine the validity of the other 95%. And so we need to rethink what is most important, what God has asked us to do, and how we will restructure our lives to concentrate on these priorities. The most important 5%. Here are some examples, okay? A vibrant, growing relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Nobody else can do that one for you. Nobody. I can't hire that out and I can't delegate it. It's on me. That is on me. Mm -hmm. It's on you. Matter of fact, let's just get real personal. I can't I can't do that for you. No, you can't do it for your spouse. You can't do it for your children. Uh -uh. Yeah. I can't do it. I can pray for you. Yes. I can encourage you. Yes. But at the end of the day, the vibrancy of the growing relationship with your with Jesus and your relationship with him, mm-hmm. that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another example. A healthy and genuine relationship with my spouse. I can't hire that out. Nobody else wants to do it. <laughs> well, no takers. No takers. No takers. All right. And nobody's beating down the door. Hey, can 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 I have Spencer? Nobody's no. nobody's beating down the door. Because I'm the one vested. Yeah. Nobody's coming to the door and say, Hey, can I have Lisa? All right. If they did, I'd All shoot right, them. we didn't have to. Okay. Yeah. But it's I wouldn't true. shoot them. But I would wrestle okay. them. I would do something. You're getting off track. Anyway. It's true, though. My personal relationship with Jesus Christ and then my relationship with my spouse, it has to be me putting the work in. 100%. Yep. Nobody else. It's not somebody else's job. That's That's my my, job. That's in my top 5% that only I can do. Mm -hmm. Here's one. An authentic family Mm -hmm. that is close to God and close to one another. Mm-hmm. I can't hire that out. And these things just don't happen. And they don't either. happen. The, you know, don't authentic make, marriage. They don't magically they, they don't happen. Just, yeah. It, they don't happen simply because you had a really, really expensive and beautiful wedding. Yeah. Okay. Mm-mm. If you had a really, really cool wedding, most of the people that were there, they probably forgot about what it was and no. how it was. That was a moment. It was a moment. A marriage is a lifetime. And it takes work. Mm-hmm. A lot of work. Especially when, yes, honey, people are sick. Oh, oh brother! You no, know, I get sick one time in three years. Especially when people are I'm sick. Allowed. It takes work. It does. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't even begin sick. <laughs> okay, here we go. A physically healthy body and creative soul. Hmm. Ain't nobody going to get up and go to the gym for me at 5 a.m. and work out for me. If they Right. It doesn't benefit you if they go. No. I it have only no benefits be- your body if you go. If I go. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So we have True. to determine what that 5%, 5% is. is. Mm. Here we go. Last one. Taking time to enjoy life with family and friends. Mm-hmm. Simple things. Carving out the time to be with family and yeah. friends. Yep. 
Nobody's going to do that. You can't delegate that. Mm. I can't delegate, hey, why don't you go in my place as dad and take Tyler and Jared to the woods and go on a backcountry trip for three days? Only you can do it. Only I can do that. Only me. Mm -hmm. Nobody else can do that. So we have to uncover and know what our top five percent and you said that is that understanding the importance of that top five percent that gives the validity to the rest of the 95 percent yes right that if we're focused on that top five percent and we're we're bought in to being healthy and fit um with our heart in those top 5% areas, then that flows out into the other 95% what we're involved in. And here's the thing is when you understand what your top 5% is, Mm -hmm. it makes it really, really clear what the other 95 is. I, I would even say it's almost like it makes it easier. It just should it. Not that life is always easy and every day is, you know, happy and whatever everything goes your way but in the 95 percent that you you have to do yeah because i've focused on that top five percent that's so important mm-hmm. it's that like that matthew six thirty three. 33 the the other things are just provided for yes mm-hmm. so you got to know what that five yeah. percent is that's I'll, good i'll and this is this is a couple of other notes that Um, we had written down we won't be held accountable for how much we have done but for how much we have done of what God has asked us to do Mm. it goes back to kind of what Jason Pastor Jason was talking about he did right you know in generosity yeah not how much you gave but what did you do with what, what you were given? What did you do with what I gave you? With what God gave us, because God owns it all. Did you steward it? Did we steward it well? Did I steward my my time, my 5% mm-hmm. well? Did I know what my 80 and my 15 and my 5 mm-hmm. were? And did I do mm-hmm. that well? Yeah. Big, 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 big stuff right there. Your personal walk with Jesus, your marriage, your family, your health, and your ministry have to not only be priorities but be higher priorities than anything else including work money promotion or position so our goal here is in this conversation today was to help us understand how we can guard our heart because everything we do flows from it Everything I do as a father, as a husband, as a as an employee, as a coach, as a as a disciple maker, as a consultant, whatever it is that I'm doing, everything I do flows from my heart. Everything. Therefore, I have to guard that wellspring. And the best way I know how to guard that wellspring is to focus on what is the most important 5% because that most important 5%, it keeps that other 95% fresh, Mm. fresh water Mm -hmm. that is life giving 
to the people that I love and care for the most. And so I think if you are going to discover what your 5% is, you're going to have to slow down. You're going to have to ask some really, really good questions of yourself and help you understand, all right, what is your most important 5%? Mm-hmm. What's the most important that only you can do? Write those down and then that's your guard. That's- you know, it makes me think just you and your father have had some heart issues. And and this is this is kind of like the doctor sitting down and with heart health, you have to add some things maybe. Maybe you needed exercise and better nutrition. Um, and maybe you need to take some things away that were not good for your heart. Um, habits of or whatever or things in your diet. So I think that's what we want to encourage you to do, to sit down and, and, and um, you know, take inventory. What do you need to add? What do you need to take away? Focusing on that top 5%. Amen. Amen. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. That was a great way to end it there, Lisa. And our encouragement to you is this. If you or your spouse need help yes, uh, in identifying what some of these 5% are, we pray that you will... Um, Give us a give us a shout. Contact us. You can reach out to us at our, our email address, the court of three at gmail dot com, and uh, you can connect with us on social media. We'd love to hear from you there. And please take some time to share this with. Uh, your friends and your family. Yes, we hope that you've been encouraged. We thank you for listening. As always, it encourages us um, to get your feedback and um, have your support. And remember, uh, two are better than one. And, and a quarter of three strands is not easily broken. Is